Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of SVN on the Go. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Cameron Williams. On today's episode, we are interviewing Cody Doran, Assistant Vice President of SVN Chicago Commercial. Cody specializes in affordable housing and multifamily. Prior to joining SVN, Cody served as CFO for a Chicago-based company assisting the principals in multi-million dollar real estate acquisitions all across the United States. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you today, Cody. Exciting. I'm glad to join you guys. Our first question is just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you actually got into the commercial real estate industry. Yeah, so interesting story of how I got into the industry. I was working, uh, I was doing what I graduated with my accounting degree um, and doing uh, private accounting for a semiconductor company out in Palatine, Illinois, where I actually met uh, Reed Bennett's brother, Kyle Bennett, and then uh, through hanging out with Kyle, met Reed and started learning more about uh, commercial real estate and how he was, you know, making hands and fists full of money. Um, and I didn't really understand it uh, at the time. And then our company actually went and solved it in 2009. And Reed said, you know what, with your accounting background and, you know, from what I can gather from, you know, hanging out with you on the weekends, you're pretty good people. Maybe you should get into real estate because it's 2000. At this time, it was, you know, right after the crash. Uh, and he said, a lot of brokers are actually getting out. So maybe thinking on the contrarian side, maybe jump into commercial real estate. And being with my accounting background, he, you know, he said, it might be a while before you get it first paycheck. Uh, but once they start coming, it's kind of like a snowball effect. And being at the, uh, the company that I worked with, the semiconductor that I worked with previously, my boss actually had started acquiring properties in Chicago. So I started learning more about the acquisition and the process of commercial real estate transactions. And it really like, just was eye popping. Um, and we were very successful on the acquisition side, but our main company in the semiconductor business uh, was floundering and, and the company did go insolvent. So, uh, on my 30th birthday, uh, I, I got the news that we weren't going to make payroll. Uh, so that, that was, well, um, yeah, that's never a good day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I jumped into commercial real estate with Reed, uh, downtown in the Sal Wacker building. And, uh, at that time he honestly said, I don't really know what to have you focus on. We're both at family specific, uh, but this market you know, there's not a lot of velocity of any, um, and it was across all asset classes. So, uh, he put me in, into affordable housing because that was really one of the few asset classes that was still having some type of velocity. Uh, so I used my accounting background to kind of read through, to read through, uh, audits and just be able to talk to owners and operators from the get go. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, how, how I got started. And then luckily got one person to say, you know, I, I'm looking to sell and I got my first, uh, assignment and it turned into a, uh, basically a 200 unit portfolio, uh, worth about $9 million and we were successful and they liked how that we had approached the, you know, the marketing campaign and how we, how SVN, um, collaborated and put it on the Monday morning call and, and just, they, they liked our, our platform. So we ended up getting the rest of their portfolio and, um, yeah, that's kind of how my career started at its upward trajectory. That's definitely not a bad way to start off. And kind of, this is a perfect segment into the next question. Um, so we preach specialization here at SVM. We talk about it and jumpstart at the annual conference. What made you gravitate to specializing in the multifamily sector? Well, I think it was with Reed and Jim Sears, um, 
you know, Reed was my main mentor. We partnered up pretty much right away. Um, and that's all they really focused on. So I think I kind of just fell into a niche that they were already there. And then we expanded it into the affordable uh, side as well, uh, just because it, it fits what properties that we were targeting, the B and C properties and secondary and tertiary markets that could go either affordable or be market rate. So it was kind of in line with what niche they had already kind of carved out. And then we just expanded, you know, with me being another uh, advisor, we expanded our footprint to not just, you know, Chicago, you know, 30, 30 minutes to 45 minutes outside. We expanded that radius to basically a four to six hour drive. And, you know, where we're really making um, a lot of increased market share and is with our partnerships with other SVN franchises. Uh, so case in point, like John Matro down in Montgomery, Alabama, he's predominantly a single tenant net lease guy, but he, he knows every multifamily owner because Montgomery is not a huge market. And so we've partnered with him and been very successful on a lot of transactions, um, where he's our boots on the ground. We're the product specialist and we partner with him. We've done that, uh, 2022, we did that, I think seven different states, uh, South here, uh, South Dakota, Texas, there were two of them, Lubbock and El Paso. Uh, we did a deal also, uh, so that's really where we're trying to expand our footprint, uh, is with the other franchises as well, partnering with them, being the, the product specialist. And, and that's really what we focus on. It's a, it's a, I think in this industry, you have to be a product specialist or at least be on a team that's in a certain geographic area via geographic specialist. Um, so we really, really try to harness the multifamily market rate, EDC, you know, secondary tertiary markets, 50 units and above is really our, our, our footprint. Yeah. And that's huge. We, we talk about that as just utilizing the system to, to, like you said, expand your footprint. So I'm glad that, that you're taking advantage of, it, and that's what we're hoping that other offices and other brokers will do as well to expand their business. Yeah, I mean it's it's fantastic, especially with the SVN platform. Um, I think we're I think we're a very unique company in that everybody plays pretty nice in the sandbox together, and we're really really trying to grow and and you know make that our ethos as a company. And I think it's resonating with um, you know a lot of the people that we speak with. Um, so yeah, we we want to continue making more partnerships with other SVN franchises. I'm sorry if I left a couple people out. I'm sure I did, uh, but. Yeah, we'd like to continue that as well as our primary target here in the Midwest. There's a lot of preaching between when you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of you can specialize in an asset class, kind of try to broaden your reach, or you can specialize, you know, in a very narrow geographic area and try to do a little bit of it all. Um, um, so uh, because you're in multifamily, and it looks like you mentioned kind of you started your career just, you know, just right around um, you know, the great financial crisis, 2008, 2009. Uh, coming it's been a pretty good heyday uh, i would say the past you know 15 years um but not quite that but now uh a lot of cheap capital in 2021 2020 2022 is the biggest year for new construction for multifamily and i think was 36 years um rental rates at that point were also i think the highest they'd ever been in terms of of annual growth, 15% 2021, down to, I think, what, 8%, maybe 6% in 2022. Now they're kind of flat. So what do you see happening in terms of all these new 
uh, units are getting completed now this year, but rates are flat and, and sales are down year over year, 74%. Uh, that's the most since 2009. What do you see happening? What kind of parallels are you seeing from when you started your career here? And, um, just how do you see this playing out with the caveat that this, everybody still seems to think that multifamily is still the safest asset class out there right now. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean that's a lot to digest. To digest. Well, I yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think we're yeah. Obviously, the uh, the rental growth is going to slow down. I mean, we were in an inflationary period, which helped the uh, households were experiencing uh, obviously higher incomes, so we could they could absorb higher rental rates. I I I, I think a lot of this, you know, even though well, we also have. To, go back, you know, when the pandemic hit, it was probably the, the slowest year we've ever had for new construction and uh, deliveries in the multifamily space. So we're really playing catch up. So I personally, I've seen this happen before, great financial crisis. I still think it's going to get absorbed. And part of the reason why I think it's going to be get absorbed is there's there's a huge shift in home ownership right now. I think it's at the slowest at like 24%, you know, the yeah. homeowners get right now. Um, the, dem the, the demand for to, to own a house, I think, is decreased, and I think it will continue to decrease just because of, uh, you know, the pandemic, part of the pandemic and working from home and having that ability to be mobile. And if you own a house, it, it, it can prevent you potentially from, and you know, going to a new, a new city to get a new job and pay increase. So I think, you know, the millennials and, and these other, um, uh, I don't want to just target millennials, but... I, I think they like the flexibility and even, even seniors and, and the boomers that are, yeah, I, I think they're coming back to the rental side too, because they don't really necessarily want to have, you know, the capital expenses of, you know, fixing a roof or just, you know, their, their furnace going out and having that big expense when they can just go to, to renting. So, uh, I think it will be absorbed. I, I, I don't think it will be as quick. I think they've got to be very, very cautious on what they are trying to capture in terms of rent this environment. But I, I think the majority, if not all of it, will get absorbed and then there'll be a trickle down effect. It'll go from the A to the D and then we'll see whether or not, you know, we can get a 6% and 8% rental increase. It all kind of trickles down and that's what we've always seen in, in, in the past. The C properties kind of, you know, they, they, especially in tertiary markets, they're kind of, you know, always in a three to five, sometimes, you know, during 2021, 2022, maybe we got up to 12 to 15%, but they're typically in a three to 6% growth. Uh, and I think that they'll hold flat, uh, moving forward. Um, I think what we've been advising a lot of our clients is, you know, with, with the cost of capital increasing right now is to focus in on, you know, trying to push your rent as high as you can, but also, you know, more focusing on the operating expenses and keeping those down as much as you can to keep your NOI as high as possible. Because I, I think as we move through 2023, you know, hopefully interest rates start to come down. Uh, I'm starting to see the bid ask gap decrease. Um, properties are going to have to get sold as loans come due. So, you know, sellers are going to have to make that, you know, you know, stance of, am I going to do a cash and refi? That's what's necessary. Or is it better for me to potentially put this on the market? and trade into a higher asset that, you know, I could depreciate again. So I don't know if I've answered all of your questions, but I tried to hit all of them. 
No, you know, you hit the points, a few points, especially mentioning, uh, I think, like you're saying, you know, when um, when some of these uh, mortgages come to term in the next few years and they're down in what they penciled in for, you know, for the rent rolls, you know, are gonna, is it going to become like a, a a buyer's market here in the next few years, um, a good time to buy? And that's the thing. It's like, you know, as long as they're being bought and sold, um, that's still good. It's just when people kind of stagnate is when things and start to get hurt. Uh, interesting point. Fun fact is we talked about the not just millennials renting more, but, but uh, you know, older generations, boomers specifically. Uh, I did a multifamily report that I'm working on right now, and uh, the top ten markets for um, new inventory to uh, relative to what's existing. Um, four markets are in Florida. One's Arizona. One's New Mexico, and two are in South Carolina. So we can see where some of the, you know, the new construction's happening. It's like Punta Gorda, Santa Fe, Myrtle Beach, the villages uh, in Florida, uh, notoriously blowing up right now. So yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of movement, not just from people who, you know, theoretically can't buy homes anymore, but people who have homes that are trying to get, you know, a less complicated life, arguably, by, by going into rentals. Uh, a lot of those states I think you just mentioned are no income state taxes. There are no, no state income taxes as well. So it right. yeah. helps with, especially if you're on a, you know, um, like, uh, what's fixed income and yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And I think another thing that you're going to see in terms of rentals is a lot of people more a adding, you know, uh, short-term rentals to, to, to help with occupancy and, and really stretch the NOI because you get premiums for those. So I, I, I see a lot more of our owners and operators, you know, allocating a certain percentage of their uh, apartment complexes to short-term rentals. And I, I think that's going to continue to. And do you see any kind of, um, kind of bifurcation between something like, you know, 20 units and under versus like a very large, you know, several hundred unit properties in terms of, in terms of where they're headed or, for for how they're going to be able to perform? Uh, I mean, performance is usually based on like two things, location, where your rents are and at the relative to the market and kind of where your market's headed, uh, 20 units are typically a little bit tougher because you don't want the vacancies that you can absorb in a larger complex. So you've got to be more cognizant of, you know, obviously your occupancy levels. Um, so I, I think there's, it's more from an operational standpoint that it's a little bit more challenging. Uh, but almost at the same time can be, you know, ran by a single individual. So you might be able to cut down on some of the operating costs, whereas a larger complex, you typically need some professional management, which has higher, you know, operating costs associated with them if you, if you don't have an internal management company. So yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the big difference between the two. And the last question that we have for you here then, this is something that we asked, uh, every single one of our guests that we have on the show. What's something that you would tell or what advice would you give to a younger broker, a younger Cody that's just getting started in the industry? Uh, what are some ways that you could be successful? What, what should they be doing? What sort of things should they be doing? Should they be networking? Should they be, we talked about specialization, things like that, but what's some advice that you would give to a younger broker that's just getting started in the commercial real estate industry? Yeah, I would say, um, luckily. For me, I, I was very fortunate in that I had Reed Benton as a mentor right when I walked in the door um, and, and basically joined a team. So I would say, you know, to a younger guy or a new agent, you got to find either a coach or a mentor, somebody like Reed that's got a lot of transactional and negotiation experience to help you really find your craft and and, and really just know how to speak at a high level um, from the get-go. 
I think that's very, very important. Obviously, Solomon and John McDermott are, are great resources to use uh, in terms of, you know, cold calling and, and just different ways to get to people and, and ask the, the good questions as opposed to, hey, I'm just a, you know, I'm Cody over here and I'm just calling to see what you're doing, you know, um, a more tactful approach. And that, that also helps by having a coach. Um, and obviously, you, you got to have a niche or a geographic uh, specialty as well. Um, I would say also when you do start making, um, some money and earning some dollars to start investing right away. Um, I, I think at the brokerage, um, is a great way to be compensated, but at the same time, you, you also get more respect from the other owners and operators too, when they hear that when you're talking to them that, yeah, I, I do invest on my own, um, or, you know, I'm a principal and some deals are passive. Um, so I would say to definitely try to, to invest. So you've got other alternative sources of income for when you have cycles like this and velocities down, um, that way you're not just pushing all the time and stressed out. It, it, it's, 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 it's a good psychological thing to have knowing that you, you don't have all these big commission checks coming in, but you still have some passive income coming in. So. I would definitely tell myself that I would just say, you know, wake up early, be, uh, you know, be healthy, you know, focus on your health, um, and beat people to the office and, and, and be very competitive with your pitches, um, know your strengths and weaknesses and where your weaknesses are, you, you get a teammate or somebody that can fill those voids. Um, so you've got pretty much everything covered. Uh, so I, I would say mainly be on a team or have a coach invest in deals uh on your own if you can and and be very very when you're young you got a lot of time so you utilize that time that you have to make a lot of calls and make a lot of interest you know uh get a lot of meetings and just expand your business as fast as you can uh it's a, it's a very very competitive business and you've got to stay on top of your clients. Um, and, and the other thing is to listen very, very well. When you're, when you're talking to people, listen, make sure they know you're listening, um, repeat what they're saying because they like to hear that. Um, that's just, I'd say that would be the biggest kind of takeaways for a younger advisor. Um, get on the phones often and early and, and beat everybody to the punch. No, I like that. And it's kind of like you said, you're, you gotta, you gotta walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And I think that that is really important, especially to your clients to show that you're kind of still in the same game and they are not just trying to pitch these properties and make a commission. Having skin, having skin in the game, uh, the same. Yeah. You have to provide that. That's, that's a mark. That's like a marketing. You, 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 you've got to have some type of value to bring to the conversation that in, in whether it be, Hey, I want to be your go-to resource or sales pass, red pops or. You know, I, I noticed your properties lagging behind the competition. Just wondering if you prefer to keep it hundred percent occupied. You got it. You got to bring some value to the table. And, and even if you're not, you know, you've got some idle or inactive clients, you know, you still should be peppering them with some type of data or like, you know, maybe send them a gift. Like, Hey, I know, you, you know, I was thinking about you. I know you're a Madison graduate. Here's a driver cover with, you know, the badger, uh, people love, people love it when you're thinking of them and their top of mind. Yeah. But again, we want to say thank you for, for taking the time and, and yeah, just telling our listeners a little bit about how you got to, to the point of where you're at in your career and all the great things that you've done. So we just want to say 
thank you again. And we'll make sure to get your information out to everybody um, on the podcast as well. And yeah, just thanks for everything. And, and we'll be able to be talking soon. Hopefully I'll be seeing you on the golf course sooner than later. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it was great being on here. You guys are great. Thanks for having me. Um, if there's any of the, uh, all you SBN listeners out there, Reed and I are here to be your, your partners, uh, should you need any help on the Volta camp. So. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Have a good weekend. Yeah. You too, buddy. Bye. See you.